roll. He's through hair and makeup, looking sharp. Uh, I'm going to get him in here. <laughs> I know you I know you love that. No makeup and no hair today. <laughs> uh, I see you got a, you got a fresh cut. I love it. Is that your summer cut? That's my summer cut. I got buzz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do the next podcast on how to grow your hair back. Because that's a short haircut. Look at that. I mean, it's like military. People have been saluting me all week. You know? Uh, are you, colonel. Are you going to grow out any any facial hair? A lot of times when I'll go short up top, I'll um, uh, have a little facial hair. Is that something? I haven't I seen doubt you. doubt it. No. Hey, you've got so your hair is sticking straight up on one side. I, I, I bet people are making fun of you for that. You know, and, and you've I got just... One, Spark to just stick straight up. I, I, I deserve it. I, I don't I don't know what's going on. I've you know you need a little product in that hair. I know. You know? I, well you know you just I, got one it looks like a feather, <laughs> like you're wearing a feather there or something. You know, and, and that just goes to show everybody who's with us live, we're all about the education here. Okay. It's it's not always about we're not trying to look pretty. We're uh we're trying to deliver the best content on integrative medicine, all things health and wellness. You know, that's the only way. I mean, one thing I know is, one, we're going to have to have some very cute dogs show up at some point in the show. I may have and, a surprise for you at the end of the show. Yeah, we're going to have, have a little surprise for we're you. We're going to have to make up for this because, um, you know, and we're going to have to answer uh, some really good questions. Uh, I see Amber's in here. She's dying laughing. I, I hope the twins aren't aren't making fun of me, too. Uh, you know, Yeah, Ben, it, you can just spit, just spit on your hand and just... Slick it down because it's sticking straight up. <laughs> I'm, I'm focused on the people who are with us live and getting all their questions answered. Uh, all right. So, guys, go let's ahead. Let's get to it. Let's start. Let's go ahead and start. Go ahead and distract us, guys, uh, with, with some questions. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put this up from Barbara's because I, I, this is true. Yeah, I, I, I know I can't be a rock star. That's over for me. Uh, I love it. She's probably talking about me. I think Barbara's oh, talking about me actually, because of my short hair. I think Barbara yeah. is talking about you. Um, that, uh, yeah. yeah, you can't, you can't do the, yeah. the 80s hair band. I know, you know, I've, I've turned in from a, turned from a rock God, you know, to a, <laughs> just a normal accountant looking guy, you know, or maybe military. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love it. I'm looking forward to, I'm getting used to this haircut. So we're, uh, we'll probably be talking a little bit uh, sporadically through the evening. Uh, so we're going to get to some questions, guys. Uh, if you have questions for Doc, put them in the comments. Uh, we're going to take a few uh, that came in throughout the week. Um, you know, I, I think this is a fun fun one to kind of get us started. Uh, before you answer, uh, anyone who's with us live, if you have guesses, go ahead and put it put in your guess for what Doc tries to eat every single day. Uh, this, uh, listener's guess was, uh, avocado. Um, what the question is, what is the one food that you eat every single day? Wow. Well, I take all my vitamins every single day, but one, <laughs> the one food is probably my super vitamin that I take, but I don't know if I, you know, I'm going to have a little surprise toward the end of this podcast. <laughs> and so the one food I try to eat. Every hold on, hold on, day. hold on one second, because we're getting some we're getting some guesses here. Um, I'll okay. you you have your answer, and I'm gonna 
Uh, see, D. Lynn has has a comment. Susan, um, uh, both on YouTube, on Facebook, we've got cherries. Guess uh, so far, I see beef liver, banana, and honey. That's interesting. I, I'd say honey's a very good guess. Um, knowing what I know about you, um, uh, Lisa's not into the beef liver. Uh, Caitlin is saying eggs. It's a really good, uh, there's some pretty good guesses there. There's and some then really good Karen's guesses. saying box full of vitamins. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Linda's it's saying, down Linda's to very saying, few now that I have my own set of vitamins, it's sink down to a very few vitamins. So, um, Linda's saying honey, uh, Luann saying lemon, uh, Roel's saying protein, kind of a general one right there. Um, Okay, Let, let's see here. Um, what is one food that you try to eat every single day? Well, it's been guessed, so it's honey. Is it honey? I really? I definitely consume honey every day without fail. Raw, unpasteurized, non-filtered, local honey. I definitely eat that every day. But my number two, I'll, I'll have a, I'm going to reveal that at to the end of the podcast. Okay. Okay? All right. All right, we uh, do those have are a, some very good guesses. So I guess Linda brought that up. And we had yeah, uh, Linda and Dylan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, There's but, some other great foods. I don't eat bananas, though. So. Okay. I don't eat bananas. Uh, so yeah, great, great guesses here, guys. Uh, and and I was actually curious. I didn't know you you uh, consumed honey every day, uh, but I oh, kind every, of had a feeling. Um, all right, every. let's go on to the next one. Uh, let's see where are we at. And this kind of, this kind of goes along with it. Um, how often are you actually eating beef liver? I know it's healthy and I actually like it, but it does have a ton of cholesterol, which always makes me a little uneasy when I eat it. I know cholesterol is not the villain they make it out to be, but wondering if we should be concerned about consuming too much at all or not. Uh, again, I'll send you guys to the explain this episode with Robin Riddle on on cholesterol to kind of get a, a deep dive as far as how we're looking at that. Um, but let's be, you know, completely realistic. How often are you eating beef liver and should this uh, uh, listener be concerned? Well, number one, I wouldn't be concerned about raising your cholesterol beef liver. There's so many, actually, if there's a perfect food, it'd be beef liver. I like to say I eat it every day, but I don't. Um, I do take a supplement, one of Dr. Salandino's supplements that has, uh, you know, it's organs and, but it's a supplement. So I swallow it as in pill form, capsule form. Um, and it, the main ingredient is beef liver, but um, I only, I only actually eat it when Katie brings it to, to the office. <laughs> That's when I eat it and I eat it raw and I only eat like a little chunk of it, like you know, half an ounce to an ounce of it, just swallow it right down because I don't like the taste of liver personally. Some people love it. So I eat it raw, just gulp it down, you know, with some water or, you know, sometimes she brings some fresh orange juice. I'll gulp it down with makes it yep. taste a little more pleasant, but I know Katie does it and Carter do it daily. I think it's a really good for you. So I don't worry about that little bit uh, raising your cholesterol anyway. Uh, just so full of great stuff, copper, zinc. I mean, there's just, there's hardly any, anything that comes close. There's no vegetable that comes close to the nutritional benefits of beef liver. Um, if you want to cook it, you can actually sear it 
you know, and some people actually like the taste of it when they do that. I recommend usually so pre-soaking it in milk um, before you actually sear it like you would raw tuna or sushi maybe. And then uh, you can chew it up and enjoy that taste if you like it. But um, but that's a great question. I don't eat it every day. I wish I did. Um, but, you, you know, I have to go to the trouble of going to the butcher every week, getting it fresh, grass-fed, and that type thing. Uh, then you actually have to let it slide down your throat. You swallow it. But um, I just never have been a big fan of the taste of liver. Probably just the thought of it, but um, I do enjoy swallowing it, though. Now, you know, I when as you're talking there about beef liver and all the, you know, nutrients in it, how does it compare to eggs? Because I know, you know, eggs can be considered a, a superfood uh, to a degree as, you know, beef liver. Um, is it, uh, nutritionally, is it kind of the same? Because I, I think people who consume a lot of eggs are also that may be one to, That may be one to do, you know, like I say, unless you're allergic to eggs, which some people are. Um Eggs would probably be way up there. Yeah, you know. But Dr. Valentino may not say say so. He's actually grass fed beef guy. But um, but yeah, I mean certainly, I like fish too. I think fish is really good for you. I just had salmon tonight uh, for dinner and loved it. Um, but I'll talk about that later on probably. All right. I see Dave is in the building. Welcome in, Dave. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, let's get to uh, this question here. I'm interested to know if your dad is familiar with ICIS full body scans and his opinion, please. Uh, for first time listeners, uh, Doc is my dad. Uh, so sometimes the questions come in uh, with 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 dad in them and uh and I, I love that. So, Dad, what's your thoughts I on I don't this? know what ICIS stands for, but if you're talking about a full-body MRI scan, I like them for the most part. I haven't done one myself, but there are a lot of radiologists that offer them. Um, I know Dr. Bush in Atlanta certainly does, and I've sent a lot of patients to him for MRI of prostate, and he will offer, offer a total body MRI. Um, which I think is good and bad. I think a lot of times depends on who reads it. If it's Dr. Bush, it's great. But if it's somebody that, um, with radiologists, you have to be careful. Um, cause some of them practice this little thing called CYA, um, cover your, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so any little dark spot or blip on it. They're, well, you may want to check this out. So it can't, they can't overread them and, you know, cause a lot of worry for nothing. So I think the technology is still developing there, you know, and knowing what to pick out and what to leave alone. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential if that's the ICIS, if that's the MRI full body scan. Um, I'm not sure you may want to put it up there and see if that's what it stands for. And I will, but, can um, I give you a little context? Um, there's uh, something here right, right behind the question. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it. Um, I've heard from another doctor as this may be, may be true that the scan will find something and then it's, and then it's up to you as to how to proceed. Furthermore, invasive testing, watch it. 
you know, things like that. My husband and I are at the age where many friends and relatives are being diagnosed with serious problems, and we feel this may be another step we can take in addition to making our health a priority to catch something early that might not be found otherwise until it has progressed. And I, you know, one, like I, I love um, the way they're talking about it here because I'm sure so many who are with us live and who are listening on the podcast um, can can relate, you know, like you, you kind of want to know. You, you, you want to know and you kind of don't want to know. Um, it seems that this couple is, um, they've seen friends and relatives be diagnosed with serious things. And, um, and they're wanting to take yeah. precautions. Um, what, how do, how do you kind of look at it yourself? You know, you're 68. Um, is this something that you would look into? Um, yeah, I think it is. You know, I don't think I'm going to get one right now because, um, I've just seen too many false negatives come across some of these scans. Um, like I say, it's going to be different depending on who reads it. So a lot of times it leads to unnecessary testing, invasive testing, um, and that kind of thing. Say, say like they see something on your liver or your kidney or your pancreas. Um, you know, is it really suspicious? Um, or is it moderately suspicious or low suspicion? They'll put that on there. But if it's moderate, you know, what are you, you going to go in there and get a biopsy of it? Um, maybe so if it's really highly suspicious, definitely would, but moderate, I don't know. Uh, it may require following with it and seeing, but you know, if you, if you get this scan and the radiologist looks at it, they have no responsibility for what you do with it. And so they, they want to CYA so that if down the line, well, gosh, I got this scan and it, it looked low suspicion, but yet it turned out to be a cancer. Um, they worry about getting sued down the line. This thing was here. You should have seen it, you know, so that's always leads to, uh, maybe being too cautious with diagnosis. So there's a fine line there. I do think it's in the future for sure. They'll have a lot more accurate scans for us. One thing I love is, is, uh, CT calcium scorings because, at least where we order them, you get not only your coronary calcium score, but you also get a free lung, a low-dose CT of the lungs, which I've picked up several cancers from that, even in non-smokers. So I think that's a really good uh, test to get. So just be cautious, and I'm not against it. I'm sure there's places that do more of this and will help guide you um, with it. So, um, it's such a, it's such a fine line, you know, because there's a fine line between, between being, you know, prevention oriented, you know, and also just kind of, you know, scaring yourself unnecessarily, you know, and, yeah. and, and look at the risk factors. I mean, we're coming up with genetic cancer tests that will clue you in as to what cancers you may be prone to genetically. And certainly then the scanning, uh, you'd be more aggressive with the scanning, of course, yeah. like the BRCA gene, et cetera. But I mean, there's, we're not going to be practicing medicine, anything like we do right now, five years from now, the technology is just exploding with this kind of thing. And of course I'm all into preventive medicine. So I'm all for screening, uh, the radiologic screens 
sometimes for subtle things aren't as accurate as the blood test, I don't think. Um, but, you know, there's, so there's a lot of controversy, even like with the PSA. I dealt with two cases today. Their PSAs are nine, uh, but no, no prostate cancer. So you have to know how to follow it. Um, and it's the velocity of that PSA. So, you know, I've seen high PSAs with no sign of cancer, even after MRI and biopsies. So a lot of times, you know, it's, it's your judgment. Yeah. Now we're going to have AI in there in the next year or two that's going to make those decisions. <laughs> Probably, you know, a little bit more analytically than we can make them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Stay tuned. I'm not against them at all. Um, but just be wary and don't freak out if you have a little, you know, judgment call here or there. Yeah, um, it, I can definitely see how amazing and good it can be. And I can also see how it can, you know, go the wrong way. Um, so we're going to talk more. We're going to keep talking about it as new technologies like this uh, are becoming more and more available and, and more common. Um, so, uh, thank you so much for this question. This was a really, really good yeah. and become, you know, affordable too. Yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, Elise, I see you over on YouTube from, uh, Colorado Springs. Love Colorado. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Karen, I see your question on Facebook. Thank you. I love a saffron question. Um, okay. Let's get to, uh, the next question here. Um, this is something, uh, I, I, I hope I caught this right. This question just came on Instagram. Um, I'm 58 and I've literally, literally tried everything to get rid of night sweats, BRT, uh, sorry, B BHRT, bioidentical hormones, adrenals, liver. Um, I'm sure you've gotten questions very similar to this. We're tried everything to get rid of night sweats, including hormones, um, What's kind of, how would you approach this? Uh, and again, I, I hope I caught the question. I'm uh, putting the question here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're having hot flashes or night sweats can be caused by a lot of different things. One thing I would get a chest x-ray, just get a CT calcium, look at your lungs. I mean, there may be something funky going on there. Probably not. Um, you know, there's all kinds of infectious diseases out there that could be causing fevers at night and thereby, Therefore, you may have night sweats with that. But um, I had a patient recently that um, had night sweats, replaced her hormones adequately. You know, of course, the first place you look is, is hormone levels. And maybe they're not optimized. I don't know. Um, but certainly this patient um, had night sweats, had good hormone levels. Uh, but when I started talking to her. Uh, she was drinking a glass of wine every night. And I thought that may have been causing some, some of that. So I put her on NAC, N-acetylcysteine, and they went away. So you might try NAC. It's a great detoxifier. Um, you know, as far as detox supplements, NAC and milk thistle are my favorite. But certainly, you know, have the complete blood work. Check something like a Cleveland panel and... Look at it, see, make sure your hormones are adequately replaced. Um, you know, um, that's I'm a believer in replacing all the hormones, including progesterone. If you haven't, even if you've had a hysterectomy, you still need 
progesterone. Um, you know, and look, certainly look at your testosterone levels. And, you know, you may even want to go a little bit further and look at things like sex hormone binding globulin, DHT levels, um, things like that, because it could have to do with your testosterone levels as well. Um, and there's, there's ways you can kind of lower that naturally as well besides using prescription medicines for it. Um, so that's really interesting, but you, you probably need to work up to, just to make sure nothing else is going on. I've certainly seen that a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, you know, we're like infectious causes of it. Um, you may be just sleeping in too hot a bed. That's the other thing I see a lot of times. You want to sleep in a really cool bed. Super interesting. Thank you so much for that question. I, I know, like, the night sweats thing is is something that, you know, we hear a lot about in office and uh, online here. So thank you for that question. I know that's helping uh, more. I always look at medications. I always look at medications that you're taking. Could it be causing it? Even a supplement can cause something like that. So look at those real closely. You know, if you're on a bunch of supplements, just stop them and add one back at a time and see if it makes a difference. Uh, right. We're going to keep going here. This is a, uh, see, this is in reference to last week. Um, let me see if I get this question right. Uh, please explain more about how the dandruff shampoo a couple of times a week that you mentioned last week can actually help with thinning hair. goes on to say, I always thought that dandruff shampoo can dry and thin hair. Uh, and then we got a, another uh, hair question right after that. So we'll go, we'll go two hair. Well, if you use dandruff shampoo uh, too often, you can dry your hair. That's one. You always use one with a moisturizer in it, but it kind of works by, you know, cleaning out the sebum in your hair follicles. Uh, so I think it's really helpful and always work it in, you know, really well. Anytime you shampoo, you know, really work it in, you know, massage your scalp. That in itself brings more blood flow and it can help help circulate, you know, bring more nutrients to your scalp. But uh, that's kind of how it works. It, it, it just kind of opens up your hair follicles uh, a little bit. But I do it, you know, once, twice a week, maybe. I certainly use a lot of moisturizer. I tend to have dry hair anyway. Um, and, and what shampoo you use makes a huge difference in, in the dryness of your hair. Uh, but that's a great question. Look at the other stuff you can do as well. I'm going to do, I'm really going to do another uh, hair podcast really soon. Especially since my hair is virtually gone now. Yeah. You know, it's really thin. Look how uh, thin it is over here, man. <laughs> you need some of that Andy treatment, whatever Andy's doing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's working. So let me just clarify because uh, uh, I want to make sure that, that they're getting uh, a good strategy here. So, it seems it's important to keep it limited to a couple times a week. Um, use a moisturizer with it um, if you use a, the dandruff shampoo. Um, yeah. Am I interpreting that right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. We're going to keep moving here. Carter, what's going on? I see you're in the building. Uh, Carter, of course, and JC. If you've been to the JC office, you've seen Carter. Carter, I'm going to see you soon. I need to get to, I need to, get to JC. Um, I need to get to JC soon, get some yeehaw. Um, which is right down the road. Uh, okay, let's go to, to this one. And 
maybe I don't. Uh, I should have. I should have um, prepared for this one because you know I know there's ontogeny C uh, near me in this office and probably near you at at, at the house. Um, trying to use less toxins in skincare, etc. I assume the ontogeny C shampoo you talk about is clean and free from all the bad stuff, toxins, bad chemicals, etc. That we should avoid since you sell it. I read the ingredient list, or I read the ingredients, but many of the things I just don't know if they are okay or not. So this is around kind of what's in ontogeny C. Um, and maybe, do you have any at the house? We do have some, yeah. I have some in my shower. Maybe Jenny more. brings it down. I'll look at the ingredients. But, you know, um, a lot of times you will see some ingredients in there that you're not sure what it is. Um, a lot of times with products like Ontogeny C that build themselves as pretty clean have so little in it that I don't think it matters. But um, I'll have to probably, I think I hear her bringing it down right now. I probably need my glasses as well because <laughs> these, these ingredient lists are sometimes really small. Uh, reading ingredients. I'm glad lists. we have somebody on call for this. Yeah, I will need my glasses. Uh, maybe a magnifying glass. It's not that bad, but it also has some good stuff in it. You know, uh, like aloe. I can actually read this pretty good. Here's my dog just came up to. Look at that. Look at look at Izzy. Well, Izzy. Um, Izzy want to get in the action. So anything you're seeing that's that's not good or something that should be looked into more with ontogeny C? You know, one thing that's in here, you know, I don't like with, with like Toothpaste, I don't like sodium laurel sulfate. Um, this has sodium laurel, but it's not the same. It's lactylate, so that's not the same thing. So that's probably okay. I don't think glycerol is going to be that bad, but that's a, that's a good. I'm glad these, I'm glad that you're bringing this up because really. I should probably look at this. It has lavender, which is okay. Potassium sorbate, which is all right. And I'm not real fond of sodium benzoate, to be honest with you. Um, you know, think about this stuff too. You only, like I use this, but I only use it a couple times a week. Um, there's a lot of stuff in it. Has EDTA, which is a good thing. Betaine, which is a good thing. So it has a lot of good things in there. Uh, most mostly good stuff. I have a couple questionable things that can you can I'm you not say sure the, about. Just, can you say the questionable things uh, that that things are kind of standing out to you? Um, probably sodium benzoate. Okay. Um, I know they put that in a lot of uh, sunscreens. It has rosemary leaf. It's mostly lavender. I mean, most of the stuff is, you know, safe. I'm just not sure about the benzoate and the sodium l'oreal. It's different than the SLS. So I have to look that one up. But I mean, if I looked at this, I wouldn't be afraid to take it at all. 
I really would. But, you know, always remember anything you put on your skin's absorbed uh, in your bloodstream as well. But, um, so, I'm, I mean, you, a lot of times you got to weigh the risk versus the benefit. I just don't see a lot of risk to that when I look at the ingredients. Um, you know, one, great I, question. yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. And, and I really think that, you know, that's what this show is for. You know, I love that, you know, we're doing this in real time and, you know, we're learning along with everyone in here, uh, live, or if you're uh, listening to it a week later on the podcast. So, uh, this is awesome. I, I love doing things like this cause it's, it's making us better. And hopefully you guys are, are getting some, uh, some value out of it as well. Speaking of value, I see Robin Riddle is here, star of Explain This. Uh, and I just I want to do a quick plug for her because um, she is putting out some amazing content on functional fertility. Uh, so anyone in here live or, uh, like I said, listening to this later, if you want to learn kind of how a functional medicine provider looks at fertility, follow Functional Fertility PM on Instagram. Um, she's putting out content almost daily, I think, around, you know, uh, preconception, uh, things that you need to ask. Uh, I think there was something we put up on birth control uh, today. Uh, so definitely go follow that. It's Functional Fertility PM on Instagram. Uh, and that's something we're going to be talking more about on Explain This as well. I think we have uh, four to five videos on, on fertility. So uh, if that resonates with anybody here with us live, uh, Tell, tell your friends, tell your family. It's something that hits everybody at some point. And uh, we had a, a great episode of Explain This last week on it, just on functional fertility as a genre. And, uh, and, and it's just so relatable. I, I, I don't care who you are, male, female, uh, it, it, you know, it, it's stuff you're going to go through. Um, so, so super cool. I Thank sent you, Robin, Robin this article this week. Um, that I'd read, um, actually in the wall street journal and it talked about, should we just abolish menopause? And it really talked a lot about fertility at older ages and, and new there's new companies, new biotech companies that are, um, you know, finding ways to, uh, preserve eggs and women and intact, you know, not by so much by IVF, um, although that was part of the article, but, um, you know, avoiding, avoiding menopause forever, not having to go through it. Of course, it really went along well with what we do with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. But um, a lot of women are putting off childbirth, you know, because their careers and all this stuff. And a lot of times they have problems with fertility when they're ready for a baby. And this was just a great thing. Robin already knew about it. But um, it really educated me a lot on some of the things they're trying to come up with, you know, really pushing, delaying menopause. Because as you know, women that go into later menopause, say 55 years old, they're a lot healthier. I mean, they don't come down with these diseases that are more predisposed to men. Um, you know, after menopause, women catch up very quickly with the same diseases that plague men at an earlier age, like heart disease, for example, um, but a bunch of other ones. Um, so, you know, if you can delay menopause, you're certainly going to be healthier. That's interesting. And um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'll, I'll maybe get 
get a reprint of that and circulate it for those patients that are really interested in that. Rob, certainly ask Robin about it. But, yeah, especially, um, you know, in, in the modern world, as toxic as, as it is, you know, we, we're talking about it with ontogeny C, things that are in, you know, our skincare products and, you know, things that uh, we, we've done an episode to explain this. The on. Worst, yeah, the worst ones are these fragrances that people yeah. use. Those things are horrible. Yeah. Um, I was know. actually looking at uh, uh, a soap I was using, uh, just hand soap. And because um, one thing Robin said in, in, I think it was the phthalates and parabens episode, um, you're looking for fragrance free or something. And my darn soap has fragrance in it. Like yeah. uh, just uh, my dial antibacterial soap. You're a big, you're a big uh, Irish Spring fan, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I mean, some, especially some of the women that wear these perfumes that are so strong, they're just walking around in toxins all the time when they spray all this stuff on them. So, you know, maybe Robin ought to do it and explain this about perfumes. Perfumes is That'd interesting. That'd be a great one, Robin. If you could do that. You know, that'd be a great little, that'd be a great podcast and a great um, little 15 minute blog, I think. I, 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 we touched on perfumes and fragrances in the phthalates and parabens one, but that is something that, you know, we could probably spend, you know, uh, a series on. Um, I've had women come into my office that we literally had to open up after they left every window in the building and the staff was choking wheezing eyes watering <laughs> because of one person wearing perfume in, in our office and some people are highly sensitive to yeah it. yeah um, i'll put this so up from that'd be a good that'd be a good topic to deal with you know it's so true and robin's saying this uh over on facebook is it's like it takes research to get these or to find what products are clean um uh, robin's putting putting perfumes on the list i love it uh, so expect a. In, and I, I switched to deodorant that has no aluminum in it a long time ago. What's that? Um, I switched to deodorant that has no aluminum in it. Uh, so look at those deodorants closely. Those things can be very bad too. So I finally found a natural product that I liked. Um, Are you using Arm & Hammer? I'm still using that. No, there's actually, there, there's a little bit of aluminum in that. I'm pretty sure I switched to one of the more natural products. I'll have to. Get you the name of it but um i like it super interesting um okay we're gonna keep going here we got one more question and and i love this question because um one we 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 want to talk about these plateaus and i hope they're here with us live tonight um because uh, i know there's people who have been through these plateaus with wegovi ozempic semaglutide uh Manjaro, the whole the whole thing here. So I'm going to say this question, and then uh, we're going to talk it through. And as I always do, if anybody in the comments has, um, you know, ways they've gotten past plateaus with um, with weight loss on Wegovy or Ozempic, uh, put in the comments. I'll make sure that they see it. Um, I've had seven weeks with no weight loss on 2.4 Wegovy. I'm working out, and I'm in a calorie deficit. Also drink a ton of water. Are plateaus, are plateaus normal on Wegovy, and how can I break through? Um, why don't you start with what 2.4 Wegovy means? Um, well, it's just the milligrams of Wegovy. Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's a good high dose of it. Um, it's not unusual to have plateaus. I see it all the time. 
Um, so don't lose faith. I mean, it's kind of natural. Your body's kind of resetting that thermostat that's trying to get to. So plateaus are normal. You know, if you're not having any side effects from Wegovy, you know, certainly, you know, stay on it. I'm sure it's suppressing your appetite and doing things behind the scene that you don't know that are very beneficial to you. Um, you know, you got to don't worry just about the weight too. worry about the percentage of fat and muscle that you have. Like if you're working out a lot, you're building muscle, muscle weighs more than fat per volume. So look at what's happening with your waist size, which to me is the most important thing. Um, I've had people that get a little tolerant to any medication. And so sometimes I'll switch them over to Manjaro um, from Wegovy or Ozempic. And sometimes they'll, you know, do better on that. So I will switch it off sometimes if I'm convinced that they're not losing any more fat. So look at the fat distribution. Don't get discouraged. Probably have, you know, maybe eating too many carbs. You may be stressed out. You may not be sleeping. There's so many different factors for what you weigh. It's a metabolism problem. It can be a hormonal problem. You know, some, sometimes I look closely at hormones. Um, sometimes medicines need to be adjusted. Um, certainly look at cortisol levels. Um, you know, if you're stressed out with no sleep, cortisol levels higher, it's going to be very hard to get rid of fat. Um, at least a very unhealthy lifestyles. And high, if somebody's hormones aren't working, we've had them on, on replacement and they're not working for some reason, I always start thinking about cord stress and cortisol because that can really muck up the works. I look pretty closely at thyroid. I look at insulin levels. So, you know, a lot of things to look at. Don't get discouraged. Keep on your low carb, higher fat, moderately high protein diet. Look at your workouts. Make sure you're recovering. Um, hopefully you're doing a little intermittent fasting. Um, so try those things. If not, and if everything normal in the labs comes through, you know, we may, you may want to switch over to Manjaro. And, uh, Two things stand out to me. Um, it, one is the, is the seven weeks. So I'm wondering like, how long are you seeing, are you seeing people in, you know, almost two months of not losing weight? Does that, uh, I have seen it. Okay. Okay. And, you know, one thing we don't know is how much they've, uh, they've lost, um, already. Does that play a factor as well? Yeah. A lot of times I'll see a patient lose. I saw one today. They lost 80 pounds and they're kind of stuck. Yeah. And they still not below 200. So they want to get below that 200 level and then get down to their goal of 160. Um, so there's other factors involved. Mm. It's easier to write at first. There's no doubt. If you've lost a lot of weight, it's going to slow down. But that's why it's in an ideal world, you get DEXA scans and see what your, you know, true measure of body fat is, is doing. Um, but uh, that's interesting. We may, may even look at your type of workouts that you're doing. Um, if you're building muscle with it, if you're not building muscle with your workouts, you need to change your workout. This is, this is such a, is such a great question. And again, this is a topic we're going to continue to, to talk a lot about. And, you know, I, I heard you doc loud and clear 
you know, don't get discouraged. And, and I, I'm sure there's people here with this live that, that can attest to that. You never know kind of when that next, um, you know, uh, weight loss, you know, thing's going to happen just like it did at the beginning. Uh, am I, am I wrong on that? Or is that kind of what no, you're seeing as well? That's right. It's always faster at first. Okay. And the challenge to me is not losing weight. That can be a challenge, but the harder part's maintaining the weight loss. Mm. So a lot of times we have to make a decision. Are we going to keep this patient on Wegovy indefinitely? Or, you know, have they changed? Are they at their ideal weight? And are they happy? And are they having side effects? Um, have they changed their lifestyle and what they consume enough to where we can start weaning? Um, or are they so insulin resistant that they're just going to have to stay on it? Mm. Uh, which a lot of people do. Let's see if they're diabetic, usually. Um, so, uh, thank you so really much for that question. Uh, came on Instagram. Um, we're going to get to the live comments guys. I, I know that took, uh, took a little bit of time. Thank you so much for hanging in with us. We're going to get to every question tonight. Um, I'm going to put this up here, uh, from Linda. Uh, thank you, Linda, for putting this up crystal deodorant. Um, that's one I, I'm assuming is, uh, you know, uh, super clean. Thank yeah. you for putting that right. up. Wonderful. Uh, Carter saying uh, pit liquor deodorant, super clean. Yeah, um, I'll try the pit pit liquor. Remember, deodorants are different than deodorant antiperspirant. The antiperspirant part has the aluminum in it, so you don't really need that unless you're just a really heavy sweater. Um, so keep that in mind. All right, thank you guys. Uh, let's keep uh, keep going to the. Uh, uh, questions here uh, from Rowell in Texas. Would BPC-157 help somebody with acid reflux? Sometimes I find it to be helpful. Um, you know, I've certainly taken it and uh, it's just, it's great. That's really one of the few oral forms of peptides that I like. Um, and I do like it orally. It helps a lot of gut problems. I'll tell you one thing, you ought to try Digest Shield uh, for reflux as well. And actually looking and, and seeing what you're eating that may be causing the reflux. Um, you know, a lot of people just blame it on their hiatal hernia, which probably half of us as adults have anyway. Um, but uh, try Digest Shield. Mm. And, you know, certainly if you take antacids, which too many people take, um, thinking that they have too much acid in their stomach, they may not have enough acid. So you can use the betaine challenge. And I do that. I tell a lot of people to do that. It's a dirt cheap way to see if you have too much or too little acid in your stomach. You take betaine tablets, which is hydrochloric acid. Take one. Don't get heartburn. Fine. Take another one five minutes later. No heartburn. Fine. Take a third one. You finally get acid burn. That means that you don't have enough acid. So what you do is you take two um before you eat and it gives your stomach enough acid to digest your food that's so that's a good way we just assume everybody has too much acid probably half of them don't have enough acid so and then your doc puts you on oh i'll take an axiom or meprazole forever and it's <laughs> terrible for you you know that's one of the pet peeves i like to get people off the ppis unless they have something like a barrett's esophagus but um so question whether you're on a ppi how long you should take it and if that's the real problem uh great question there Roel. i'm gonna put this up from uh 
Robin. Uh, she's saying it can, and she's also saying slippery elm is great for yeah. reflux. I've got some of that in my medicine cabinet too. Yeah, I love BPC-157. It's a great all-around uh, peptide. Uh, thank you so much, Robin, for that. I'm going to put this up. Uh, you know what, Karen? Uh, Karen, I already love you. Um, I, my brother, Andy said that you might be on the show tonight and I just want to give you a huge shout out. I think she's from Mississippi. She's, isn't from, she? she's from Mississippi. She's joining us. Uh, live. Andy told me about her. Yes. Yes. So thank you so much. We're going to get to your question if there is one in there. Uh, but I just want to say thank you for, uh, keeping my brother, uh, you know, safe in that plane on the way home from, from London. We were so happy to have him back uh, in Johnson City uh, starting yesterday. Uh, so, Karen, uh, thank you. We love you. Thank you for uh, being with us tonight. And um, she's going to ask her question in, per in person. Super cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, all right. Can't wait to talk to you. And I'll give you a tip. Andy's way smarter than me. <laughs> uh, you and I both. You and better looking and with a better personality too. And you know, you know better better hair and and all the yeah. things. Uh, he'll actually be on the show, I believe, uh, the first Tuesday in August. We have him uh, slated to come on. Um, okay, I would almost say Andy's probably the most popular person in the Tri Cities. Would you say that? I would say that, and it, uh, he's proven it with the Dancing with the the Stars yeah. Tri Cities, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. of which uh, tall are Tri Cities people. Um, nutrition coach Lucas Schmidt um, uh, yeah. is can't wait to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there watching. Uh, he's he's my favorite to win it all this year. Um, yeah, I'm pulling for him. Okay, let's get D. Lynn's question. Have you ever tried fermented honey and garlic? I made my first, and it's not bad. The medicinal properties are supposed to be amazing. Uh, wow. What's your thoughts on this? I've not seen that. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. You know, that's really interesting. I've never heard of that. Of course, I love honey, and I love garlic. You know, I take a garlic um, peel every day. Um for a lot of reasons, there's so many positive benefits, including it's a great anti-cancer supplement, but I'll, I'll put somebody today on it for their blood pressure. Um, fermented honey. That's odd. I just don't know because, you know, fermented honey is supposed to, I mean, you could have honey for 50 years and it won't go bad. So that's, I'm going to have to check that one out. Fermented honey. That's interesting. I'll have to talk to my beekeepers about that. You know, I'll order fresh, uh, local, unpasteurized honey all the time. I keep it in my offices, sell it, because uh, I'm believing it so much. Um, that's interesting. You know, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to really check that out. Uh, D. Lynn, thank you for putting that in there. We're gonna look into it. Uh, Karen's got a saffron question. Uh, uh, I, I like, I like this with Eloquist. Eloquist came up um, with vitamin K uh, as far as. You know, can you take that with vitamin K? Karen's asking, do you recommend saffron, quercetin, or berberine while taking Eliquis? You know, um, with Eliquis, number one, you don't have to worry about taking vitamin K2 with it. It won't interfere. If you're on Coumadin, yep. the old Tommy blood thinner, you should worry about taking K2 with it. Um, but, you know, if you're on Eliquis, you got to be careful with... Uh, the omegas that could certainly cause a little problem, but um, the other ones, I don't really see a problem with it. Um, now, remember, if you add any supplement, if you're on a, 
a potent blood thinner like Eliquis, you might, you know, watch out for bruising and things. Uh, we, we can't check a blood test for how thin your blood is when you take Eliquis like we can Coumadin, which is rat poison. Um, but so I don't think, I don't think it is, but if you add them, add them one at a, one at a time, you know, they're for different reasons. We take those three for different reasons altogether. So unless I come up with some other reason not to, I don't, I think they're fine. All right, Karen, I hope that helps us get to over to YouTube with Elise. Uh, thank you for joining us from Colorado Springs. Uh, I'm wondering if Dr. Rogers could offer anything about supplements for increasing blood oxygen levels. So it seems it's a, a yeah, round. I've got a great one. Methylene blue. There we go. You know, I love methylene blue. You could also try the nitric oxide agonists, like um, some of the things like, well, one prescription medicine that blew it is Cialis to Dalafil. But uh, L-citrulline and L-arginine are the two supplements that will increase that. And it's odd how methylene blue kind of an antagonist of that. So I think they both have their place. Um, they both have their benefits. It's certainly not going to really cancel each other out. Um, but my first bet would be methylene blue. I mm. love methylene blue. I take it every day. It helps me breathe better during my workouts. Um, it helps mental clarity. Um, it's great for preventing urinary tract infections and actually treating them. It was a precursor to hydroxychloroquine and it was the first really antibiotic. It was certainly used as an anti-malarial back in the late 1860s. So look up methylene blue. It, you know, if somebody comes into the ER, uh, your ER doc knows where that's at because if somebody comes in with carbon monoxide poisoning or, or cyanide poisoning, that's the first thing they give them. It saves their lives. They put it in their vein. Uh, so look up methylene blue and try it. Just you get it over the counter. It's cheap. Put eight drops in a glass of water and drink it every day. Uh, um, you know who else knows where methylene blue is, uh, Elise? And that is uh, Izzy and Ike. They know exactly right. where. Uh, Just don't methylene... let your dogs get into it. It's, very, it's a stain. You know, of course, when we take it uh, for medicinal purpose, we take the pharmaceutical grade which is what they got into. But yeah, it also will ruin your carpet, ruin your hardwoods, and even stain your counter. That stuff is so hard to get out. Uh, thank you, Elise, for, uh, for the question. Uh, Rose on Facebook is asking, I'm hearing some women are doing testosterone shots once a month versus the pellet. What are your thoughts and which one has the best benefits? And how often do you recommend the Cleveland panel? Uh, two great questions. Great questions, yeah. Uh, the Cleveland panel, once a year if you're healthy and not having problems, twice a year uh, if you really need monitoring closely for things like diabetes or hyperlipidemia, um, things like that, that is a complete picture. Um, I, the best thing to do is a Cleveland panel. But um, as far as testosterone shots, you don't want to do it just once a month. It's not enough. You know, you can get by with doing it once every two weeks as a female, as a male weekly. Um, but it's just not going to hang around a month. So the uh, pellet's my favorite. It's so easy, especially in women, because, you know, it's just one tea pellet. They're small. They, they give you a nice, even release. You know, with, with the shots, which I do give some women, it's fine. Um, 
but you give them a small dose, uh, usually subcutaneous. And some I give once a week, some, some once every two weeks, just depends on their levels. And, you know, some women are concerned about, uh, hair loss with testosterone. Certainly you have to consider that. So with the shots, you're going to get more of a peak and probably more a, of a conversion to DHT, dihydrotestosterone. Uh, so you maybe, if you're worried about that, hair thinning, the pellet, um, some women they use testosterone creams on. So there's a lot of different ways to go, uh, but not once a month, it's not enough. Okay. Great question. Wonderful question. Uh, Rose, thank you for putting that in there. Um, great question. Let's get to Fred over in Texas on YouTube. Um, what do you think of the gummies by Superbeats? for blood circulation. Great question. Yeah, I mean, I like it, you know. Super beets, you know, the beets are really the ultimate food for um, nitric oxide. So certainly, you know, that's the one supplement they can't ban from Olympic athletes. It's really kind of cheating because it's a food. So they can't, they can't uh, ban that. So um, as far as supplements go for performance, that may be your best food there is. So I like it. All right, Fred, I hope that helps. Let's get to Elena. Um, Suzanne Summers has an organic shampoo that is also, oh, this is a comment. Thank you, Elena. Uh, Suzanne Summers has an organic shampoo that is great, uh, also hair supplements and a product called Growback, which I find works all organic. Super cool. I, I love Suzanne Summers. Uh, I've met her at, she, she comes to our meetings sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, I met her out in Vegas one year. She's, she's really, she's not a ditzy blonde. She's a smart lady. No, no. Uh, uh Elena, thank you for putting that in there. Hope that, uh, anyone who is looking for more organic stuff, um, check that out from Suzanne Summers. Uh, Marshall is asking, uh, well, Marshall, thank you for being here, man. Um, what about iodine dosing for a middle-aged guy? Thanks in advance. Uh, you have to be careful about iodine. You know, most people don't have enough iodine, probably 75% of people. So, you know, I'm not against supplementing a little bit, but if you want to get to a therapeutic dose, like 12 and a half milligrams, before you do that, check your levels and you can't do it with a blood test. You do it with a spot dried urine test, uh, from ZRT labs. So don't, don't, get on a Lugol solution right off the bat without checking it. Cause if you have some conditions like for example, Hashimoto's, it, it may not be really good for you, but I do like iodine for a lot of reasons. And most of us are a little low in it. Um, so, um, one thing, Marshall, one of my supplements has a little C iodine in it that I take. So, uh, and I do believe there's question. a, there's a common sense MD episode on, uh, iodine in particular, or, um, I think it is on iodine. Well, it's been a while since, uh, I've, looked, since been, I've done a podcast on that, but it's been a minute. Um, but hopefully, hopefully that helps Marshall. Um, all right, let's keep going. Um, where am I at? Let's see. Let's get to Connie on Facebook. Um, what do you think about a uh, berberine supplement? Is it good for weight loss? I love berberine for a lot of reasons. They're calling it the oral ozempic, which it's not an oral, it's not 
an equivalent to, to that, but uh, that's what a lot of people call it. it it's berberine is kind of like metformin. You know, it really kind of makes your insulin work better uh, without the side of the GI side effects of metformin. So I love berberine. There's also a lot of other uh, positive benefits from berberine, including blood pressure, probably cholesterol, if you're worried about that. And But I use it a lot for um, in place of metformin uh, for weight loss. But I don't see tremendous amounts of weight loss on it. I don't know if Robin does or not, but it's a great supplement, though, especially for those that are really insulin resistant. But great question. Really good supplement. Uh, thank you for that, Connie. Uh, I'm going to put this up here for, uh, for Isla and Ava. Uh, another look at Izzy and Ike, the, the methylene blue crew. Uh, and, and we have endless pictures of, of this um, event. <laughs> event. <laughs> they cannot deny that they got into the methylene blue. Uh, when I got on about it, they denied it. <laughs> you could tell they'd been into it. They're like, what are you talking about? Methylene blue? <laughs> Um, all right, let's keep moving here. Uh, where am I at? Um, where, where have I missed somebody? Maybe I haven't. <laughs> um, okay, I think we might. I think we might be caught up. I, I was. I was worried I think we were, we're caught up. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here's Candy. Um, what do you recommend? This is from Candy here on YouTube. Uh, what do you recommend to put on my scar? Uh, from my thyroid removal to minimize uh, the scar? Of course, a lot of people use vitamin E uh, for it, but actually some of the compounding pharmacists make some good scar creams. Check with your local um, compounding pharmacist, and they have some different things they use that really works pretty well. Um, Man, I tell you I'll what. I'll have to ask Andy, you know, that scar cream he's when that dog about bit his nose off uh, that I actually had to sew on. I won't say his whole nose back on, but I had to sew a huge laceration up on his nose. And he's been using this compounded scar cream. Um, uh, uh, from Have you ever heard of Rhodesian Ridgeback dog? No, but I'm Those assuming it's. Vicious dogs, and that's what got on him. That, that's it just attacked him in the face. So be careful around. Yeah. Pups, you don't know. Dogs. You got to be careful around dogs. I'm not kidding. You. I've seen a lot of people, uh, bit by dogs. Uh, and, and uh, I'll, but, I'll, um, Amanda who, um, had a, a dog incident, uh, not coincidentally, this was, this was a different type of dog incident, but, um, she's using that cream as well. She got stitched up by Margo, um, in Fountain City around, uh, on her hand. And, um, this scar cream is, is phenomenal. Uh, Randy over at Heartland Apothecary in Knoxville, uh, compounded it for her. And I think he did it for, uh, for Andy as well, um, for his scar, but we'll, we'll figure out what that is because it, it it's phenomenal. And, and Candy, um, uh, you can, I'll ask Andy, we'll, we'll ask, we'll get that. We'll get yeah. what it's called. Um, cause it's pretty, uh, it's like a, a miracle thing. Um, a man is uh, like having huge success with it. Um, yeah. Uh, see. Oh, and uh, Andy used something from Kelly too. It's in a, uh, in a Venn. Uh, thank you, Carter, for putting this in here. Um, an Venn product. Um, so okay. I hope that helps, Candy. Um, all right. I think you've got a couple surprises for us. I think we're 
uh, we're towards the, the end of the show. And if anybody has last minute questions, yeah. go ahead and put them in. I think I've, uh, gotten through, uh, all of them. If I haven't, I'm apologize. I'm, um, Oh, here we go. Let's get, um, let's get Fred real quick. Um, I'm, I'm currently on Jardiance. Is it safe to, to add berberine, uh, to my reg regimen? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you can certainly add that. Yeah. Probably right. complement it pretty well. All right, Fred, I um, hope that helps. Great question. Um, all right. How are we ended the show? How are we going to do it? Are we going to, we going to do it with, uh, uh Izzy well, Ike? yeah, I've got a special guest for you. No, it's not easy. Ike. It's not um, easy. And Ike. Not you know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to reveal, um, the food, my number two best food that I try to eat on a daily basis if I can. And that is a super food called an egg. An egg. I mean, my number one would be honey that I eat every day, but then egg and that, that's why I kind of got a special guest tonight. You got this is crazy, but um, what, what could that? I got be? a special guest. Her name, special guest. Her name is Amy Proance, and I want to introduce something pretty cool. Amy, let's do it. Can you bring the surprise in, please? Oh gosh, I can hear it. <laughs> Here, the Look chickens. Look at that! Hey, Amy. Here are the chickens. Hold on, one. Yeah, let me hold one. This is this is a cool chicken. That here. is a chicken. This is, <laughs> this is what legs the eggs. Those eggs you brought by were amazing. Thank you. They wow. The I've ever had. But these are. Tell me about the kind of chickens these are. These are special. That so is phenomenal. Silkies. They're called uh, silkies. Silkies. Yeah. This is Oscar. She's a girl. Um, but I named her Oscar because I thought she was a boy, and then she started laying eggs. And then <laughs> that is Cleo. And so Cleo. they're silkies. They have furry feet. Um, they can hardly oh, sit. Yeah, they have wow. feathers all over their feet, and they lay teeny tiny eggs like the size of a golf ball. That is, they're, yeah. they're cute, aren't they, Ben? Wow, that's awesome, <laughs> Oscar and Cleo. Oh, well, you want me to get her? <laughs> She's like, I'm. So she likes you better than yeah. me. Is that not the coolest thing ever? She's I've never had it. Well, they got everywhere. a lot of feathers. Yeah, you can hold that. I, I love that. That's Cleo. She's the one who just gave him a fit. Oh, oh okay. Well, hold the wings down, baby. Okay. Hold, hold I'm not good at holding chickens, but yeah. okay. anyway, that's a surprise for tonight. I love it. Number two is the egg. They're so good for you, unless you happen to be allergic to them. But I've just never held a chicken like that. And I wanted Amy to bring them down here tonight because she's brought us these fresh eggs and I've just never seen a silky before. That's Have so you? cool. That is, it's a, so they're kind of camera shy, aren't they? A little bit. A little bit camera shy. So it was, but it's a silky house. They've never been in the house. <laughs> this is the first time ever. They're called silkies and they kind of look like little dogs to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they did you know? phenomenal for, for their first, they uh, did. for their first on screen event, they did great. Yes. I hope yes. the audience enjoyed that because that was cool. That's would awesome. Would you guess that's what we're bringing on? Uh, who would have thought, guys? Uh, who would have thought that chickens would be on the Performance Medicine Show? Um, <laughs> I'll let Amy hold them because they don't like me. Yeah, they do. They love you. Come on, Amy. One okay. more look. Here we go. There we go. There's the silkies. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. It's like a doll. Look at this. Look at that. I mean, I've just never seen a chicken like that. They have blue ears. They have blue ears. Yeah, do you see? I do see. Those are blue ears, kind of a blue beak, too. Yep. Wow. Isn't that a this is a first for me. I love it. I've got to get a coop. <laughs> Amy's going to give us some chicken. There we go. Uh, so, 
have some this silkies awesome. here pretty soon. Oscar is awesome. trying to be a mom right now. She's laying on eggs at the house. Oscar is laying on eggs. Is this Cleo or Oscar? That's Oscar. Oscar. Oscar is so well behaved. Girl, thought it was a boy at first. Uh, that, that yeah. <laughs> we didn't know till eight months. We didn't know till eight months, or they didn't. <laughs> well, Ben, guys, thank you so much for a wonderful Amy. Thank you. This has welcome. been a treat. Amy, this has been thank a real you so treat. Much. Thank you so much. Uh, what the all important egg? Remember it. Egg. Uh, the most An egg a day keeps the doctor away. And Agaday keeps the doctor away. Amy, thank you so much for bringing Oscar and Cleo on. Those are Silky's chickens, guys. Uh, hopefully, this is not their last time Oscar on the show. We'll have to yeah, we'll have to get we them back. Them back. <laughs> All right, guys, I love you. Um, we are going to call it a show uh, with Oscar. There. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.